Hello. No, it isn't Friday already. We're publishing early this week to respond to the controversy currently surrounding BBC Chairman Richard Sharp and allegations that he helped Boris Johnson secure a loan of up to £800,000 weeks before Mr Sharp was recommended for the BBC job by the then Prime Minister. He did not declare the alleged conflict of interest to those involved. Boris Johnson was in financial difficulties, due in part to his recent divorce settlement, child maintenance issues and some expensive wallpaper. Richard Sharp acknowledges that he introduced his friend Sam Blythe, a multimillionaire Canadian businessman and very distant cousin of Johnson, who had proposed to act as a guarantee for a credit facility for Boris Johnson, to Simon Case, the Cabinet Secretary and Head of the Civil Service. What I did was to seek an introduction of Sam Blythe to the relevant official in government, said Richard Sharp, who said he had one meeting with Case to facilitate the introduction. We both agreed that, to avoid any conflict, I should have nothing further to do with the matter. Since that meeting, I have had no involvement whatsoever with any process. Now, as BBC chairman, of course, Mr Sharp is responsible for upholding and protecting the BBC's independence and ensuring it fulfils its mission to inform, educate and entertain. Candidates for publicly appointed roles, such as the chairman job, are required to declare any conflicts of interest. The appointment is now being probed by William Shawcross, the Commissioner for Public Appointments. Meanwhile, Richard Sharp on Monday emailed BBC staff and told them, I was not involved in making a loan or arranging a guarantee and I did not arrange any financing. He's also asked the BBC Nominations Committee, which includes the Director-General Tim Davey and the Corporation's Senior Independent Director Nicholas Sirota, to investigate whether there has been any conflict of interest since he joined as chair in 2021. The board has no powers to block or oust a BBC chair, though presumably it could propose a vote of no confidence in him, which would probably be fatal. Well, to unpick all this... I'm delighted to be joined by Richard Eyre, a former controller of editorial policy at the BBC and deputy chief executive of BBC News and a former member of the Ofcom Content Board. Welcome, Richard. Now, if you were sitting on the BBC board and the chairman comes to you and says, I'd like you to review any potential conflicts of interest, do you think you would say, yes, I agree, there are potential conflicts of interest here? Well, as I understand it, uh, Richard Sharp has now asked his own nominations committee, in other words, a, a subcommittee of the board that he chairs, a subcommittee which includes the director general, who is, of course, appointed by the board under Sharp's chairmanship. He's asked that committee to investigate whether he currently has a conflict of interest arising from the events uh, reported over the last few days. Well, that's not the point. Nobody is actually suggesting that he has a current conflict of interest, except, of course, that he's an, a known Tory party, major Tory party donor. But that's been the case ever since he was appointed. The question is whether he should ever have been appointed as chairman of the BBC, given that he had used his good offices to introduce a friend of his through the cabinet secretary to the Prime Minister, so that the friend might help out the Prime Minister's personal financial difficulties at the very time that Richard Sharp's application to be 
chairman of the BBC was sitting on the Prime Minister's desk. That's the issue. Was there a conflict of interest at that time when he approached the Cabinet Secretary? You bet there was. What's extraordinary to me about this is that the Cabinet Secretary seems to have gone along with it. Uh, I, you know, we want to discuss, obviously, the issues related to the BBC, but relating to the independence of the civil service, this is a curious incidence, isn't it, where the cover, if you like, the cover for the actions of the chairman and Boris Johnson is the cabinet secretary. Well, in recent years, the uh, role of cabinet secretary has, has morphed. Of course, he's head of the civil service. And traditionally, if you go back uh, to the last millennium, that was the principal role of the Cabinet Secretary, to represent the civil service to government and to represent government to senior civil servants. But the Cabinet Secretary is now partly a fixer on behalf of the Prime Minister and the route through which people, whether they're civil servants or it now seems simply well-wishers, can approach the Prime Minister. The Cabinet Secretary is there to advise the Prime Minister and may well have advised the Prime Minister in this case on the appropriateness of his accepting a guarantor in order to secure additional finance. We don't know what the Cabinet Secretary said to the Prime Minister. It's hard to imagine, however, that that, uh, the Prime Minister was not aware that the person who was offering to be a guarantor of this money had been introduced by his old mate, Mr Sharp, who was then an applicant to be BBC chairman. Well, of course, we could discuss whether or not the, the chairman of the BBC should be should have any political affiliations, but the fact is they have had, going back as far as I can remember, Harold Wilson, when he was Prime Minister, put in Charles Hill, surprisingly a Tory, to put the BBC's house in order. Mrs Thatcher put in Stuart Young, the brother of a cabinet minister. The Labour, of course, have put in as chairman someone who was very close to Gordon Brown. So... That has been a the practice. What is different about this with Richard Sharp, do you think? Well, what was different about this is not only was Sharp a friend of the Prime Minister, an advisor to the Chancellor of the Exchequer at the time, Rishi Sunak, now, of course, Prime Minister himself, but that at the time that his candidacy was being considered, along with no doubt other candidates for BBC chair, he has introduced a friend of his through the Cabinet Secretary to the Prime Minister in order to help out the Prime Minister on his little financial difficulties. That's what's different about it. Let's have the argument about whether the BBC chairman should be appointed, should be a political appointee. Let's have that discussion, because in my view, the answer is very clear. He should not. But in this case, it's not about Sharp's politics. It's about what he did as a favour to the Prime Minister. Well, the future of Richard Sharp is presumably in the hands of the Commissioner for Public Appointments, William Shawcross, again, of course, somebody who is um, appointed by government. Now, just supposing Mr Shawcross says, well, I've looked into this and I don't think there is a... It's unfortunate, but I don't think there's a conflict of interest here. Is that the end of the matter? I think you've got to read the terms of reference of the Public Appointments Commissioner very carefully. First of all, he's not technically appointed by government. He's appointed by His Majesty the King on advice of, guess who? The Prime Minister. And his terms of reference are to consider whether in this case the proper procedures for the appointment of the BBC chairman were followed. Well, I've no reason to doubt that the proper procedures were followed. It was advertised. 
There was no doubt a committee that sifted the applicants. There were no doubt a number of people shortlisted for the Prime Minister. The question is, what influence, if any, did Richard Sharps, having introduced a potential financial backer for the Prime Minister, have upon the Prime Minister's decision because he had to choose from the shortlist who was the person who got the job. And therefore, it's entirely possible that the Commissioner for Public Appointments will conclude that the procedure was absolutely immaculately followed. It doesn't follow that it was right. But if that happens, and if Richard Sharp gets off, as it were, um, do you think there's lasting damage being done to the reputation of the BBC for impartiality? And should this be a moment where we reconsider the way in which the BBC chairman is appointed? Well, of course we could. And you use the term if Richard Sharp gets off. If what appears to have happened has happened, then the responsibility for ensuring that it shouldn't have happened rests equally with Richard Sharp and with the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister should not have appointed somebody on whom in recent weeks he had relied to find a backer for his personal finances. We're referring to, of course, Prime Minister Boris Johnson when we're talking this, not Rishi Sunak. Richard Eyre, if the present chairman, as it were, gets off, do you think it's the time to actually say, whatever the truth of this matter is, a political appointee like this raises questions about how independent the BBC can be of government and therefore the system should be changed? Yes, I think it's very hard to find anybody out there other than a politician who thinks that politicians should choose the person who runs the BBC, whose prime obligation as a broadcaster is to be politically impartial. And this question is asked every decade or so. And the last time it was asked was in 2015, when a banker called uh, Sir David Clementi was asked to review the BBC's governance. And Clementi said that he would apply a number of high-level tests to how a BBC board should be designed. And one of those was, does it protect the BBC's independence? And Clementi, when he reported to the government in 2016, said that the majority of people he'd spoken to as part of his review had recommended that the chairman of the BBC should not be a political appointee. And Clementi considered whether Ofcom, as an independent regulator, should appoint the chairman of the BBC, as it does appoint the chairman of Channel 4. And for reasons best known to himself, Clementi decided that that wouldn't be appropriate because there would be a potential conflict of Ofcom as the regulator, regulating the BBC and yet holding the person that it had appointed as chairman to account. And yet, of course, Channel 4 is regulated by Ofcoms. If David Clementi thought it was wrong to appoint the chairman of the BBC, or for Ofcom to appoint the chairman of the BBC, why does he think it was appropriate for Ofcom to appoint the chairman of Channel 4? That seems to be rather inconsistent. I think we can deduce that he didn't think it had been the right decision for Ofcom to appoint the chairman of Channel 4. But he certainly thought it would not be right for Ofcom to appoint the chairman of the BBC. So Clementi went on to consider the two other options. One, that government should continue to appoint the chairman as a political decision of the prime minister and the culture secretary. And the other option, that there should be an entirely independent body set up 
perhaps under the Commissioner for Public Appointments, to advertise, interview and appoint the chairman of the BBC. Clementi, interestingly, despite the fact that most of the people who'd expressed an opinion to him during his review favoured complete independence in the appointment process, Clementi himself didn't make a recommendation. He left it to government to decide whether they wanted to continue as a political appointment or not. And they continued to make it a political appointment. And who did they appoint to be the next chairman of the BBC? David Clementi, the man who'd written the report. So if there was a majority who thought there should be, it should be an independent appointment, do you think as a result of this affair there's a real chance of a cross-party agreement that that should be the case, that the next chairman of the BBC should not be a political appointee? I think what's most important to ordinary politicians, if, uh, if backbenchers would forgive me calling them ordinary, is that the BBC should be a- accountable to the public through Parliament. And that's a perfectly reasonable principle of a democracy. And therefore, I think most people who want to see the BBC's board appointed independently, as I do, would accept that the board should then report to Parliament and be subject to pre-appointment scrutiny. In other words, candidates who are selected by independent process should go before a select committee and answer questions from MPs before they then take up the post. That would not make it a political appointment, but it would give public scrutiny by MPs for the candidates selected by an independent process. That seems to me the way forward. Frankly, chances of it happening under this most polarised and politicised of governments, zero. We've got to wait for the next Charter Review, which is up in another, what, four, five, six, seven years' time. Now, there are always pragmatic arguments put forward by people uh, in, in these situations, aren't there? And the pragmatic argument for the BBC to continue to want or support Richard Sharp would be... Well, he's gone native. He actually now understands the issues. He's just made a speech on Saturday, for example, uh, arguing that the World Service is vitally important and needs much more resources and that they should be paid for. And there'd be some in the BBC thinking, crikey, we've just got him, as it were, up to speed. We are facing a real crisis about the World Service. The last thing we need is a continued period of uncertainty and one of our supporters if you like now being taken out of the picture is that concern big enough for you to think well let's go with Richard Sharp and let's change the system of the appointment of the chair later well frankly it's not for the BBC to determine what happens next Uh, it's clear for Richard Sharp if he chose to walk the plank then that would be a personal decision on his part but it's not a BBC decision and the appointment of any successor would not be under the current system a BBC decision I think it should be an independent decision but it would be a decision of the latest Prime Minister Rishi Sunak former colleague of Richard Sharp from Goldman Sachs. A pupil actually one might say because he was indeed advised by Uh, Richard Sharp on his career and reported directly to Richard Sharp. But I'm sure that's simply a coincidence. I'm sure it is. I mean, there there aren't all that many bankers out there. No, 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 no. Quite a few. (laughs) To be fair to Richard Sharp, nobody currently that I'm aware of is highly critical of his performance as chairman of the BBC. And he's clearly a strong voice speaking for the BBC. 
I've no reason to doubt that he speaks for the majority, if not all, of the board of the BBC. The question is not how he is performing the job now. The question is, how did he get the job? And was his judgment, and was the judgment of the then Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, appropriate in doing what he did to help out the Prime Minister's financial position at the time that he was seeking to be chosen by the Prime Minister as chairman of the BBC. Richard Eyre, former member of the BBC Trust, thank you very much. I'll just repeat, if I may, what Richard Sharp has said. I was not involved in making a loan or arranging a guarantee, and I did not arrange any financing. And that's it for this week. Please do support our journalism. It's only £1.99 a month, uh, just about a very small cup of coffee. You could do this easily using the link on our website and in the description of this programme on your podcast platform. You can get in touch with interview ideas and questions on Twitter by using at Roger or on Mastodon using at rogerbolton at mastodonamp.uk or you can send an email to roger at rogerboltonsbeebwatch.com. This podcast was presented by me, Roger Bolton. A bit difficult for anybody else to do with a title like that. And it was produced by Kate Dixon. The sound was by Clifton Bank Studios. And special thanks to Quinn Genty. It was a good egg production. Until next week, goodbye. <laughs>